Hey, hurlers. Before we get started, I wanted to thank you for listening. We love doing this podcast for you, but could you do us a favor? Hop on over to iTunes and leave a rating or a review. It will help us get ranked on iTunes and into the ears of more homeschooling families. Thanks. This is Fletch, and on this episode of Homeschooling in Real Life, Kendra and I navigate through what could be a tricky topic. One of our listeners called in who had been struggling with a very personal issue in their homeschooling family and asked us to respond. One thing I never hear anywhere is how to be a homeschool mom with the bad kid, the one that everybody who's trying to be with like-minded people um, keep their kids away from. So our listener is asking about bad kids. Now we've just changed the title to refer to them as black sheep. And we're going to answer the question, what do you do when your child is the black sheep and doesn't fit in with the rest of the other perfect homeschoolers? Or what should you do if you see that family that has the child that doesn't fit in? Now we have found this to be a potentially tricky discussion and we're going to do our best to navigate around the conversation well. But in typical homeschooling in real life fashion, you may find that we go down some paths and approach this from angles that just might make you feel a little uncomfortable. Yes, it takes a village. Stay tuned for an exciting episode as we discuss black sheep homeschoolers. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we discover what it means to homeschool in real life. This is Fletch. And this is Kendra. And we want to welcome you to the 35th episode of Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast. <laughs> it's, the podcast. It's uh, Black Sheep Homeschoolers. We have a fun show and a personal show and a tricky show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've done a lot of discussion on this this week. Like, we, There's a whiteboard behind us and it's got lots of notes on it. So we're yeah. not, we, we know where we're going and we know what we're going to talk about, but... We might be treading in some difficult waters on this episode. So what's been going on around the homeschooling in real life studio or three feet outside that door? (laughs) I don't know. I can't see it. (laughs) So foggy here. So here's the thing about where we live, just in case people don't know. I think people view California as like just one big ball of sun. But we live smack in the middle of the state. And, um, you know... How many? How long would it take us to get to snow? Forty-five minutes? Yeah, an hour, depending on the yeah, snow. Depending on the level, but about right. an hour. Yeah, so it's cold up here. I mean, okay. When I say cold, yeah, for our Minnesota <laughs> listeners, just plug your ears. Yeah, right. Kendra exactly. Does not mean cold. Okay. 
But it's a penetrating fog. Lows of thirties. That's gold. Yeah, but that's still positive numbers. There's okay, a lot of people true. that are dealing with, you know, under zero. Okay, so in other words, you can't wear like a tank top and flip flops outside. Right. So the view of California. Right. It is not accurate here in the Central Valley. We're very penetrating cold. Yes, because we have this thing in the Central Valley called Tule fog. And if you were to look this up on Wikipedia, it's T-U-L-E, Tule fog. We that that fog is only here. There's no <laughs> that term Tule fog it, it is just the Central Valley of California. Like there's no Tule fog anywhere else in the world. Right. And it's it's penetrating and it's cold. And the the part about it is depressing because it never <laughs> li- like the other day it never lifted. It no, was gray all, all day, day long. long. And you can't see literally can't see our house from the road. And I, the reason I mentioned Wikipedia is because it's kind of cool. If you go on there, they have they have a like a shot from like an aerial shot of the Central Valley, maybe from space. I don't know. From an airplane? I don't know. But <laughs> it's way up high. And if it shows the entire Central Valley and it is literally just like one gigantic white cloud because when it's bad, that's the deal. The, we have the Sierra Nevadas on one side of us and we have the coastal mountain range on the other side. And so all the fog settles right here in the middle and it is bone chilling. Yeah. You know what else we have going on right now? What? We have the smell of spices in this office because Kendra <laughs> just opened up her Amazon order of spices. So no, no. it smells like saf- saffron and cinnamon and nutmeg okay. and There's no oregano. saffron in that box. Well, I'm and just making up spices. No nutmeg. I smell yeah. like I'm in an Indian bakery. Smells good. Yeah. I had to throw away our spices. Well, a lot of them recently because, you know, I, I seriously looked at some bottles and was like, I think this is about four years old. So what else we have going on in the family? We have basketball seasons mm-hmm. in full swing for two of our kids. Yep. We have uh, we have tennis going on. Even though it's cold, we're still playing tennis outside. Yeah, my fingers were frozen yesterday hitting balls with those kids. <laughs> and we're off to a new year. We hope your homeschooling is uh, off to a bang after the holidays and you guys are back into the swing of things. My homeschooling's not off to a bang, Fletch. But we're already starting to look on the downhill slope. Like we're heading towards yeah. summer. So we actually, Yeah, we actually hit mid, uh, mid-year. mid We just finished our second um, quarter. Yeah, we finished our first semester of Mystery of History, which is the history curriculum we use. And um, I said to the kids, you guys, we're halfway through. We're on the downslope. Woohoo. Yeah, so we hope things are going great in your family. Um, you know, we, we had a great first um, episode coming out of the, the new year, the Christ in the Chaos episode. We had great feedback. There were people talking right and left, um, leaving messages, talking through Facebook, sending us emails, calling in. We've had a great response to Kim Crandall, and we're really glad you all liked that episode. Um, yeah, and- I'm actually really glad you mentioned that because I think it's worth saying that if that episode resonated with you because of your own struggles and hurts, you are not alone. Yeah, in fact, just recently we heard from a homeschool mom whose daughter is struggling from anorexia and mm. wondering how did this happen in a good Christian homeschool family? You know, with that title, yeah. good Christian homeschool family. Right. You know, the other thing that came out of that episode was we put out a request for sponsors, and I'm very disappointed that we have no coffee shops that want to sponsor this show. <laughs> yet. Yeah, yet. I'm I'm waiting. So if you know a coffee shop that would like great advertising and get their coffee out in front of a ton of homeschool families, let them know about Fletch and Ken. Let them know about Fletch. Kendra couldn't give a rip, but I could. <laughs> I care. I would love to say sponsored by, you know, bestcoffeeintheworld.com. Um, 
But we did hear from a really great homeschool family, a great homeschool mom who listens to our show, who is involved in a company that brings extra income into their homeschool family. And she said, hey, maybe they would be a good sponsor. Maybe they'd be a good fit. So we are very excited to partner with Mom CEO this month. Hey, Kench, you know, for many of the families that listen to our podcast, the choice to homeschool comes with a sacrifice. Oh, yeah, especially when we consider that there's a loss of income as mom or dad dedicates their time to educating kids. So making ends meet can become a difficult task. Yeah, and that's why I'm really excited about our newest sponsor, Mom CEO. Mom CEO is a tried and tested home-based business opportunity for moms like you, dedicated to your family's needs while hoping to supplement income from month to month. We heard about Mom CEO from one of our faithful listeners who is doing just that. Now, this listener, she's a pastor's wife who homeschools her children and helps with the family income. And here's the best part. She does it all from home. You can actually earn a full-time income in your part-time. There's no overhead, no selling, and best part, no party planning. Let's make this really easy for our listeners. Go to momceo.com watch their intro video, and just check out and see if it's a good fit for you and your family. Mom CEO, reclaim your life with a business you own. Hey, we're back, and man, do we have some bad news for you. We just (laughs) found out, I know, we just (laughs) found out that as we were putting together this show that we had deleted everything we had just recorded. You're going to hear the frustration in Kendra's voice. Yeah, because, you know, moms, once you've gotten a project done, it's pretty much out of your head. (laughs) I don't remember a thing I said. I want to go on record and just say, we use GarageBand, and it is the sloppiest program for doing what we do. And you probably want to tell me what to use, but I we've been using it. It's been fine. It's just, it's not idiot proof. We love Apple, except for that. Yeah. There's some <laughs> other things I don't like about Apple, but I'm a, I'm a huge fanboy. So, hey, what are we talking about today? We are talking about black sheep homeschoolers because we had a listener who called in with this question and we thought it was definitely worth talking about. Yeah. And this is something that we probably would get to eventually, but the fact that she'd been listening to, you know, up to, I don't know, we've done 30 shows or 30, 34 shows. She had, she had listened to our shows and said, Hey, here's something you guys haven't talked about. Mm -hmm. So just a quick break. If there's something again, that you want to hear us address, you know, feel free to, to call in or to send the message in and we'd love to do it. Now, here's the deal. This one, we, this is tricky. We are going to be walking into some potential uh, landmines of a conversation. Why is that? Well, right off the bat, we are going to be talking about, you know, what to do with that tricky kid. And I, I don't want to come off sounding preachy or judgmental. I don't, I don't want to like, this is what you should do, or this is what you should do, or, or these are the issues. Yeah. Um, and I think there's people all over this topic, you know, on both sides of, of this issue. So, that's when why you it's well, wait a minute, when you say both sides, what do you mean? You mean people who have the black sheep homeschooler and people who want to keep their kids away from? Yeah, well, <laughs> the kid here let's tricky. let's back up here. I I actually have a great intro okay. for this topic, and let's 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 go that way. Um, I I am a black sheep homeschooler. I'm a, I'm a black sheep dad, um, and let me tell you what I mean by that. Um, over the years, we've homeschooled, and we were in a very. We've talked about this, and we we will get to our, we will get to telling our story eventually. <laughs> but we were in a very conservative homeschool community, and I was the dad who was introducing his kids 
to different you know movies. I'm married to a wife who loves music, mm-hmm. and although she you know her yardstick for music is classical and opera, my yardstick was often pop culture, pop music, and the reason I was doing that was I love to engage culture. Okay, wait, wait. When you say you love to engage culture, that's kind of scary to a lot of Christians. Yeah. So what do you mean by that? Like, because that sounds, you know, people say like, oh, that family is so worldly. We used to hear that all the time. They're so worldly. And, and that's what I mean by being the black sheep homeschool dad. We'd heard that comment. Yeah. And, and actually. Not, yeah, not yeah. about us, but about other, well, maybe. No, about us. about us. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. exactly. And I, I think oh, that's why. We used why... to say that about people, though, which is what, this is the problem. Who who defines worldly? <laughs> yeah, and so. so when you ask me what, what it means by engaging culture, I would say that if you're looking at that section of Scripture where Paul is walking around Mars Hill and he's explaining to people you know, who the God is that's the unknown God, he was in the marketplace of his day. Mm-hmm. Now, the marketplace of our day, I believe, is culture. Yeah. And by culture, I'm defining that as sports, entertainment, music, movies, industry— that's our culture. Hey, Fletch, just this week, Academy Award nominations came out. Super Bowl, what do you call it? Uh, I playoffs. Gonna, I was going to yeah, say playoffs, runoffs. Right? Yeah, no, runoffs. <laughs> Terrible. The playoffs were this, this week, and but people are talking about them. the Australian Open. Yeah. Tennis started today. So, you know, but we, the, you're right. This we is have the people truth. talking about this. Yeah. They are, and so when I say I'm engaging, it's entertainment. let's go into these, um, these venues and look at what people are talking about. Well, unfortunately, that in, involves... Watching film, mm-hmm. listening to music, watching a sporting event, or at least understanding it. Yeah. So when I say engage, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do that. And for my kids that are, in, are at the age where they're doing it, I'll pull them with me and we'll dialogue all the way through. If you bump elbows with somebody who has a cup of yuck, you might get some yuck on you. Yeah. And so because of that, now I've defined what I meant by engaging. Because of that, people looked at us and said, Stay away from them. Right. Their kids you, have You can't watch those movies. <laughs> or, you know, we have a series where this entire sermon was preached against movies that our kids had... Specifically had been watching. Yeah, we yeah, had been watching. Awesome. So, yeah, not. To, it's so fun to be called out from the pulpit or have your kids get, you know, filleted in front of you. Because, were, these, were these pornographic films? Yeah, no, no. no it's, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter what they were, yeah. but the fact was somebody's list, they right. were... They weren't allowed. Right, right. And um And that's okay too. Okay, so let's let's say that right here. Your list might be different from my list. And that's okay. It's your list. It's your your list is is somehow been put on you or you have created that list for, for very valid reasons. Your life is very different from my life. Just this morning we were talking with my parents um about the movie Unbroken that yeah. has come out, you know. And uh, my mom asked if I'd seen it and I said, you know, Fletch and um, our 17-year-old had gone to see it, and he just said, you know, Kenji, you would have had a hard time with it. I, I don't, I can't handle inhumanity very well. Like, I've never seen Schindler's List for that reason. I can read about those things, and I can, um, you know, be heartbroken over inhumane treatment. Um, you know, other films I can think of that deal with the Ku Klux Klan and stuff like that. But, but I can't, I can't handle watching it. So yeah, I know that. Right. For me, I can't. It just not undoes me. Can't I can't do, do kidnapping. Ki- oh my goodness! Yeah. Cannot do films about kidnapping or anything like that. So there's my there's my list. Yeah, and that's your Specific list to me. And if right. you told me, Fletch, you can't go see this. Don't movie. go see Unbroken. Right. So <laughs> you are in my sphere. This is something that matters to me mm-hmm. because 
all day long, I'm in a business where I am engaging people. So I see 20 people a day and I want to be able to have the conversation Mm -hmm. because why? So I can, so we can all talk about our favorite American idol or so we can all talk (laughs) about, you know, the cool thing that this musician did or this actor did or, you know, what was the best thing on Fallon this week? Mm -hmm. No, that's not it at all. That's not like, Mm -hmm. oh, I want to seem cool. It's because I eventually want to have conversations about Jesus. And there's a lot of emptiness in our culture, a ton of it. And so I have no problem. That's where, that's my mission field. And I love to go there and I love to take my kids there and show them how to navigate really tricky areas. Like Mm -hmm. here, there's a line, there's a landmine here. Watch out for this. You know, you, you may not want to watch this. Mm -hmm. This isn't worth watching, but now you know what it's about. You know, this, you know, we've been, we've been, let's just be very transparent. We've been playing this game on our iPhones, the whole family called Trivia Crack. <laughs> and we've been having... Don't tell <coughs> listeners that. They'll all start trying to play. <laughs> no, so we've we've been having a lot of fun with it. But one of the ads that comes up on Trivia mm. Crack is for this uh, game of war or something. And it's this, this busty female that rides a horse. And I always think, oh my goodness, this, you know, the, the advertising alone is worth not playing this game. But I know people that would say, oh, you're... Foolish, you shouldn't right, be playing right. this at all. So, well, I just had that discussion with one of our kids. You know, he said, "Oh my goodness, she's just you know, she's like she's bouncing out of her top, you know, or whatever." And I said, "Right, and you're going to see that your entire life." So the question is, what do you do with that? If it's too much for you, you turn off the game and walk away. Yeah. If exactly. not, then you right exactly and give people the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be wise. So before we get too far down this path, why don't we listen to the actual question that our listener posed to us. Hi, my name is Cindy and I live in Salem, Oregon. I've been listening to your podcasts since summer and I really enjoy your topics and how you talk about your subjects in such a well-balanced way. And I love that you laugh a lot. That's really good for me. One thing I never hear anywhere is how to be a homeschool mom with the bad kid, the one that Everybody who's trying to be with like-minded people um, keep their kids away from. It's uh, difficult to um, parent. It's always difficult to parent. But when all of your peer support starts evaporating or giving you advice, it's really difficult. Um, It's also hard, I think, for parents to teach their kids how to um, live in grace with people that aren't doing exactly the same thing or think exactly the same way. That's really hard for homeschoolers. It's just really tough being a churchy homeschool type whose kids don't like church or homeschoolers. It'd be great to hear about other moms who, um, what do they do and how do they be with people? Thank you. This is Christian, and you are listening to my parents, Fletch and Kendra, on Homeschooling IRL. And we're back. That was a great question from Cindy. She's asking about what do you do when you have the bad kid? Now, we've kind of expanded this question. We've we've gone on to say, what do you do when you have the black sheep? Mm-hmm. And really, there's two sides to this discussion that we want to have. And that may be why I said this was tricky navigating Um, One is, what do you do when you have the kid who's the black sheep? And the second is, what do you do when the other family in your homeschool sphere of influence 
has the black sheep. So um, where do you want to start the discussion with this one? Well, let's go ahead and answer her question and talk to her. You know, she's saying, I've got this tricky kid and um, he wants nothing to do with the homeschool community. She didn't say this, but I'm wondering if that's because they've shunned this kid. Yeah, and, and she, you know, what are other parents doing? What are other moms doing with this situation? I think that's, right. you know, as she asked that right. question. Well, because what she says is, I can't be the only one. She's right. not. No. You know, rest assured, she's you're not the only one. Um, and so, you know, I think when we, we look at this from a gospel perspective, we look at this with just a ton of grace, we have to say, you you've got to be the cheerleader for that kid. Even if he's driving you crazy, you know, his choices are hard for you to swallow. Um, We've been in this situation where it's tough to watch one of our children make some choices that we think are just, just either childish, you know, on one end of the spectrum or really heartbreaking on the other end of the spectrum. We look at things as being childish and foolish Mm -hmm. and the childish ones, we just kind of now being in this for so many years, we just kind of go, Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's eight. Uh, That's what an eight year old does. The foolish decisions where we think, Oh boy, this one's going to hurt later Mm -hmm. or hurt in the present. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the terms we've we've used and and Cindy, I, I would just encourage you become your child's biggest fan. Amen. And I can remember in a situation, um, where I got to introduce my, my children to some colleagues of mine. And I just went over the top to introduce that, that these were my kids. I was so excited. I remember coming out of that, our son said, wow, that was, that was really nice of you. The way you introduced us. I said, well, that's what I mean. I'm your biggest fan. I, I will follow you when you decide to make a bad choice, mm-hmm. I want to be the last person holding onto your ankles as you're going over that waterfall. <laughs> you know, I'll go with you. Maybe not all the way, but I'll right. go with you right to the very end, hold on to you and while you're dangling. And then if I have to let go, I'll be praying while you're falling all the way down. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, first I would just say be your child's biggest fan. Mm-hmm. What what else can we be telling her? Well, I think the other thing is you know, you're saying this kid doesn't want to be in the homeschool community and that homeschool community has treated him like a black sheep. All right, now it's time for you to find a community that will support that kid. And I don't know, you know, sometimes it has to do with the kid's interests. Maybe they're um, deemed worldly or nerdy or whatever, you know, whatever kids do or families do. Find that thing that gives support to your kid. Um, in, in whatever that is. Is that a scout troop? Is that um, is that a different church group? You know, could you perhaps be persuaded to put your kids in some other um, youth group or Awana or somewhere else? Like, could you do that? Because I know some families struggle with like, well, no, it has to be at our church. Yeah. Well, let the... me tell you this. What about this one, Ken? I mean, I'm going to really, okay, there's a huge landmine. I'm going to step on it. Mm-hmm. What if it's not a homeschool group? You know, what if you're saying, oh, my kid just doesn't do well with these Christian homeschool kids. What if it's not a Christian homeschool group? Mm-hmm. What if it's another homeschool group that doesn't, that the the base is not Christianity, it's just other families that homeschool their kids mm-hmm. and they relate well with those kids. I mean, essentially you're still providing the faith-based element in your own home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the truth is a lot of these homeschool groups can, can just be wacky. You know, and it can be really offensive and it, and it can be hard for that kid to swallow. Yeah. And what I see more, Fletch, than wackiness um, now, because homeschooling is is definitely got a broader 
uh, base of people who are involved. So I feel like some of the, you know, early on the, the real, like maybe, um, preppers, you know, or some of those kind of like extreme homeschoolers that's evened out in a lot of ways, but what I'm still hearing and I'm still seeing is exclusivity. Okay. Okay. And so this, I mean, I hear this perennially from a mom who will say, well, we were in this group, but man, they just, they were just their own little exclusive thing and we just could never break it. I was thinking more along the lines of, you know, and again, I'm, I know I'm stepping on toes, but you know, when our kids would say, oh man, I, there's just, they're so isolated. They can't relate to anything we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it can be, I mean, they're not, our, our kids were not like cultural sponges, but like the basic things like right. these kids could only do this or they could only do that. So, you know, unless we were whittling wood toys, you know, right. these, right. they just couldn't relate right. to our, our Star Wars toys or our Lego toys. And you think, yeah, you know what? You have painted yourself into a tiny little corner. Mm-hmm. And if my son or my daughter is the one saying, I just don't relate to these people. Well, there's nothing wrong with finding another group. Right. Find the group. relate to. Find the group that the kids play Legos in. You know, find the... Because, and the reason we're saying this is because if you cannot be your child's number one fan, if you cannot produce a supportive group around them, what in whatever capacity that is, like we're saying, you know, whether that is um, a sporting thing or um, an art club or, you know, whatever it is, church group. Um, maybe you have a community group of families. I don't know. Whatever that, whatever that is, if you can't provide that or if your child doesn't find that, they, they will. They will go find someone to yeah, accept may not be right and, away. and love them. And, it, and it, it may not be who you want. Yeah. You know, it may be the group that drags them down over the cliff. All right. So did we answer that question? I think so. Okay. You know, <laughs> I, there's there's some encouragement to provide here, both to the parent that has this, has the black sheep, or mm-hmm. the family that is the black sheep family, mm-hmm. and some encouragement to those, or I don't even know, if, maybe it's admonishment to those of us who have pointed fingers at the black sheep families. Okay, but before we get there, let's talk a little bit about identity. Yeah, well, when you look at a group that's being exclusive and can't love the kids who are tricky. Um, what's the, what's the bottom line there? Those moms are finding their identity in behaving a certain way. They're finding their identity in acceptance of other moms that are doing homeschooling the way they do homeschooling or making the choices they're making. We have got to remind ourselves that our identity is in Jesus and what Jesus has done. Therefore, when you have a child who doesn't fit the mold or isn't in the group or is, has an extra difficult time obeying or, you know, being a quote unquote good kid um, or is odd or is disruptive or is like our little mighty Joe who I get called from the principal's office almost weekly yeah. you know, for some reason or other because of his little brain. You know, my identity is not in Joe. It's not in his behavior. It's not in my parenting. None of us needs or should be finding our identity in in the results of our kids. So do we plug away as parents? Yep. We remain faithful. You know, we walk alongside these kids. We correct behavior we see. We love on them. We guide them. We nurture them. Ultimately, the work is God's, not ours. And our only responsibility, number one, huge, overarching, is to point them 
to the one who is perfect. And our identity is in him, not in our kids, not in how they behave, not in our parenting of them, not in our homeschool choices, not in our curriculum choices, not in whether they play sports or don't, not in whether we have a television in our home or we don't watch television, etc. So mom, remember that. And then at the same time, these are the discussions you need to have over and over and over again with that kid. All of your children, hey, hey, straight A student girl who, you know, behaves well and everybody loves it, the homeschool group, that's not where your identity is, honey. Your identity isn't in those straight A's. Yeah. You know, your worth and your value isn't in how well you're accepted by the homeschoolers or how nicely you did your craft today in Sunday school. Hey, black sheep son or daughter, your identity isn't in and how you're accepted or not accepted. Your identity is in Jesus, yeah. Jesus, only in Jesus and what he's done for you. And when we remind ourselves of that over and over, because, you know, we're kind of dumb and we have to remind ourselves of that over and yeah, over daily, again. Daily, daily reminders. Right, exactly. When we say, you know what? All right, that homeschool group doesn't accept me. You, we're in this position, Fletch. You know, not everybody loves us. That's, <laughs> that's reality for everyone. Oh, man, if I had to... Th- <laughs> Yeah, there yeah. we we get some. We've been mail flat and, out ousted. Yeah, and people say, <laughs> "Hey, you guys are." I'm done listening to you. Yeah, yeah, and, and we and and that's not our identity. Our identity right. is not in being um, the the super real transparent homeschool podcasters. Right. right. Um, we do that because there's plenty of the other stuff. Yeah. And and we yeah. really try and feel like we're balancing out those discussions. But if we yeah. had that black sheep, or and and I've told you, I am that black sheep. That's not my identity either. Right. My identity is not to be the rebel. Right. My identity is not to be the the rabble rouser or of you know as I've said before the stick poker. Yeah. That's not my identity. Yeah. Like oh I'll get you thinking the right way. That that's horrible. That's the same thing in reverse. Yeah. And we just need to remember that um, a good dose of the gospel shows us once again your hope, your security, your acceptance doesn't come in what you know. Or who you are. It only comes in who Christ is and what he's already done for you. I think we could end the show right there. Well, before we end the show, let's take a quick break. And we'll come back with some practical advice that we have. Are you baffled by technology in your homeschool? Are you wondering what tablet to buy? What laptop is good? We want to encourage you to go over to thewiredhomeschool.com. John Wilkerson is a homeschool dad. He provides practical advice for homeschooling parents just like us who want to use technology as part of their homeschool curriculum. He'll go over topics like internet safety, responsible computer use for your teens, smartphones, tablets, e-readers, and a host of information on educational apps that you'll want to use in your homeschool. If you have questions about technology in your homeschool, get over to thewiredhomeschool.com and tell them Fletch and Kendra sent you. Hey, this is John Wilkerson from The Wired Homeschool over at thewiredhomeschool.com. You're listening to Fletch and Kendra on homeschooling in real life. For Bill and me, there has been no experience more challenging, more rewarding, and more humbling than raising our daughter. And we have learned that to raise a happy, 
healthy, and hopeful child. It takes a family. It takes teachers. It takes clergy. It takes business people. It takes community leaders. It takes those who protect our health and safety. It takes all of us. Yes, it takes a village. So if you recognize that voice, that is Hillary Clinton, and that was the 1996 Democratic National Convention where she put forth that phrase, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah, you know, um, our oldest was three years old when she said that, and I remember being so upset and so angry. And actually, conservative Christians were. I think probably Focus on the Family talked about it, and, you know, yeah. anybody I was listening to at the time. We don't need her village we raising don't. our kids. <laughs> right, and yeah. we don't. And we don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but... But to go too far, to you know, we, we were in an environment where it was, there's no village to raise the kids. Right. Well... The problem is we took it to an extreme, that there was only mom and dad, or there was only very specific people that we would allow to have any influence because they were the the like-minded ones. And I can remember your brother sharing a, his philosophy on this, that he really felt that there needed to be outside influence in the life of his kids. And I remember just scoffing at it at the time because of this whole theory. And then, you know... Further on, now, looking back and embracing it and saying, there have been some people that have penetrated to deeper levels in our kids' hearts, and it wasn't us. Right. And I'm so thankful that God had them in our lives. So what I'd like to do in the encouragement part of this is just encourage our listeners, again, who are seeing these families, seeing these kids, rather than point fingers, rather than immediately pull their kids back, um, find a way to come alongside these kids you know, you you are raising kids in a churchy, homeschooling environment that hate that environment. So rather than, you know, judge them from a distance, how do we surround them, love them, include them, encourage them, point them to Jesus, show them Jesus, you know, all those things. Um, that's really what we're, what our encouragement here is for, for people on the outside. And Cindy, we just want to encourage you that, you know, it might be the group you're in. One thing we have learned um, with our own kids is that we don't often have to point out negative behavior. Uh, they they figure it out pretty quickly. Um, and I was just telling this to a, a young mom I know who who has um, her her ex husband is causing some trouble with um, the children that they have together. And I told her, you know, you don't need to talk smack about him to your girls. They're going to figure it out. At some point when he doesn't keep his promises, when he shows up uh, high because he's an addict, you know, whatever this, the issues are, if he lies to them, they're going to figure that out pretty quickly. Now, they're little, little girls at this point, but by the time they're, you know, um, probably junior high-ish, high school age, kids are smart. They clue in. Yeah. So you really don't need to talk too much smack about anybody else. Kids clue in to character issues issues probably better than we realize they do. So instead, how can we have those discussions about the kids? Um, if your child is the black sheep and he's saying, oh, those kids are goody two-shoes, you know, or this or that, how can we say, how can we turn that into a gospel conversation? 
with that kid. Right. Or on the other end of things, if your kids are the well-behaved ones and there's there are some kids who are running amok, how can you turn that into a gospel conversation? What do I mean by that, Fletch? What's a gospel conversation in those situations? Well, you know, ultimately we're always going to come back to that same question. You know, where are you trying to find identity? Where is that person trying to find identity? Um, where are they looking for acceptance? Where are they looking for hope and security and purpose and value? And, you know, if it, I'm not even going to give you examples because it's all over the spectrum, um, but that's the type of questions we ask because we should be looking for our hope in Christ. Our kids, we should be steering them um, in, in an environment where there's a, a teens and, and peers or even younger, you know, why are you dressing that way? What are you trying to accomplish? Why are you listening to that? What are you trying to accomplish? Because you know what? I listen to songs that some people may find questionable, but I'm not listening to them to get acceptance or worth or value. I'm not trying to be in the crowd. I mean, you know with the music I listen to, I'm not trying to be in any crowd. I'm like, <laughs> I'm in my own crowd. But, but you know, I'm not doing that. So you'll, you'll look at me and I'm not wearing, you certainly know I don't wear clothes to get an opinion. Yeah, she's watching me right now. But you know, you certainly know I don't do that to right. get that. But that's the kind of gospel question. So when your kids are getting ready to go out and go to an event, you know, it's just a check. Don't forget, we're, we're not looking for uh, that from anyone. If we can wrap up this discussion along one more path, and that's this a bigger topic you and I have been talking about for the last few weeks, community. Finding the community that allows... Your child, black sheep or white sheep, you know, <laughs> to... Nobody's a white yeah, sheep, just so you know. But just find the community mm-hmm. that allows you, your child, other children, other parents, and other families to be free in Jesus. Yeah. Because the thing is, we've said this before, if your child does not feel a sense of community or acceptance or love, or they don't feel like they have value from you or from whatever group they're in, they're going to find somebody who get, who does validate them. They will find that person. Yeah, and then and that really may be a group you don't want community with. That's right. So find that. Is that is that a sports team? Is that a um, is that another youth group? And can you possibly change churches if that's what it means? Can you possibly um, find a scout troop or? Um, or I don't know, whatever it is, a, a drawing class, um, you know, whatever it is that gives your child, and it, and it sounds counter, sort of counter what we're trying to say, because then, oh, then your child's finding acceptance in something other than Jesus. But they need to be validated for who they are and who God created them to be. You would do the same if your child was nerdy. If they weren't the black sheep, but if they were just nerdy, if they were into science or something like that, you probably as a homeschooler are not going to continue to push them into football or something else that they aren't being accepted by. You're going to find that STEM club or you're going to find, you know, the Lego club or whatever it is that they love to do. If you've got the black sheep child, find something that gives them um, some sense of I'm okay here. It's okay because I'm I'm yeah, the way community. God created yeah. me to be. The Find community. the community for right. them to exactly. live and breathe and function in. Mm-hmm. Find a Bible study, a community Bible study. Find something that um, creates a village that does love and surround them because they will find it on their own. That's great. And I, I really want to wrap up there and say, 
you know, this was a tough topic. And I I don't think we pussyfooted around, but if you feel like we didn't hit what you wanted to talk about, um, this is a good chance to to write in, talk about us. Let's let's get the conversation going. Um, same way as always, you know, Facebook, um, Twitter, uh, you can email us, you can contact us. Um, our, our feelings are, don't get hurt easily. So if you have some thoughts on this, or if you feel, Hey, we didn't really cover that in a fair way, uh, let us know and we can readdress this one. Um, but these were the ideas we came up with as we were thinking through this, really wanting to say, how do we encourage the black sheep in your own family? How do you come alongside your kid? How do you find someone who might have that black sheep and encourage them rather than judge judge them? And, you know, just what does this look like in, in a rigid homeschooling community and how can we bring that to a gospel-centered community? That was our intent. That was our hope. So we hope that this was um, just a good thought-provoking episode. We hope that it... Um, maybe even challenged your thinking a little bit. We know it did ours, and you yeah. know we we really want to approach this from you know kind of humble perspective that we don't have it all figured out, <laughs> and we'd like to hear from our community, you know, what you think of this. So please, you know, let us know. Well, Kendra, uh, I feel like we've hammered this answer into the ground. Is there anything else you have to say to Cindy about? raising the bad kid or any other thoughts you have? Yeah. Well, you know, I would say from our own experience of having kids who maybe were deemed by a more conservative group to be kind of edgy or worldly or whatever those terms are. Um, when that thought starts to creep over you of like, Oh no, what do people think of my parenting or, Oh, people, you know, I even get defensive in my own head. Like you have no idea what is going on in the heart of my, my son or my daughter you're making assumptions based on something you saw on social media, like, uh, you know, I don't know, some event they were at that seems worldly to you, you know, or something like that. But you have no idea how my child is pursuing Christ or, or what the growth in their life is. And I have to come back to the fact every single time I have to, I have to talk myself off that ledge every time and say, Kendra, it doesn't matter. Jesus paid it all. And thy, my children who are following Christ in a very, very zigzaggy, winding way, as we all are, <laughs> they they have Christ's righteousness written on them too. And so take those voices, you know, or anything that is that feels like condemnation, and remember that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that should be comforting. Right. It's been a while since we've played this next game for our listeners, but I know some people love to hear our answers for Q&A with K&A. Although yep. it shouldn't be Q&A with K&A. I know. We just talked about this. It should be Q&A with K and F because yeah. people know you as Fletch. Yeah. Dude, does everybody know your first name is Andrew? Probably. But it's you so know, it's, formal, Andrew. I know. Andrew's used by my mom <laughs> and the United States government. Other right. than that, mm-hmm. people call me Fletch. Yeah. Actually, I love when people call my dental office and say, can I speak with Andy Fletcher? And they go, sure. And then it goes to voicemail because they go, they don't know him. <laughs> if they knew him, they'd be calling yeah. for Fletch. Right. Um, 
that the, see now everybody's going to be using <gasps> that as the they're going to find you and they're going to start leaving messages like yeah. can I talk to Fletch and then they're going to rail on homeschooling gonna, IRL yeah. they're going to break right through my big defense that I have <laughs> in my, my dental office alright it's time for some questions are you ready you fire first okay Fletch in the 80s you were a junior high and high schooler what were the bands you were listening to yeah no kidding I graduated junior high high school and college all in the 1980s so I'm an 80s child I know, but um, I will say, this is who I listen to. I Everybody listen to U2. Let's get that one up. That's like a palate cleaner. Oh, that was okay. like, it was like stamped on us. Everybody listen to U2. So U2 Entered, was great. Yeah, I get school. it. If you're a U2 fan, I'm not dogging on you. Everybody loved U2. Um, but I was a huge fan of The Police. I had every album by The Police. Do, do, do. Da, da, yeah. Da. Right. yeah. I loved The Police. Um, so, let me... Was I supposed to answer more than that? Just that one? Just, Just that the one. police? That's it. No, you. No, come on. Really? You two and the police? Well, no. You like, two wasn't one. You two, I said everybody liked The seventy seven. Oh, you didn't, say, you didn't say Christian music. That's true. So, Christian music. I love the Ultra Boys. Yeah, I love 77s. And I listen to Undercover. Yeah, those are. I want to know who of our listeners even knows who we're talking about. Hey, if you listened to Undercover, the Ultra Boys or 77s, let us know. Yeah. We want to reminisce with you. Yeah. I can even play a little clip here. Um, all right. So next um, is a question for you. I'm coming back okay. with the exact same question. Who did you listen to in the 80s? Well, Fletch, I was a YouTube fan. I was a huge John Cougar Mellencamp fan. Really? John Cougar Mellencamp? Right. Or John the, Cougar? In the or 80s. Or John Mellencamp? Because that guy changed his name like every other time he came out with an album. <laughs> he was John Mellencamp. He, yeah, I know. He was a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was a huge fan. And um, also a fan of The Police also. And Billy Joel, I was a big fan of. And um, your favorite, Wham. <laughs> Wake See, me I'm up. Come on. not a fan of 80s music. <laughs> That's like... about as like, oh, I liked Michael Jackson. Who didn't like Michael Jackson? Come on. All I know is, you know, listeners, when we're in the car and we're listening to Sirius Satellite, 80s will come on, and inevitably I'll be like, okay, let's turn this off. <laughs> and Kendall will be like, I love this song. I know. It's Kaja Gugu. I love this song. This was aha. I love this song. It was, it like doesn't matter what the cheese ball okay, 80s do band you, was. Okay, you want to hear the real Thompson truth? Twins. In the 80s, I was listening to a lot of musical theater. So let's go geeky and tell you about like the fact Herb that I knew every Broadway. Yeah, you did. And that's now my life. I'd rather listen to that than, I would <laughs> than anything from the what? 80s. <laughs> All right, Fletch. You ready? Yep. Macaroni and cheese or spaghetti and meatballs? Spaghetti and meatballs. I was raised by an Italian mother. Yeah, Red but mac sauce. and cheese is Italian. Well, not the way I make what? it. <laughs> yes, it is. Look it up. Okay. That's like some region in Italy. Red it's sauce. It's the craft region. <laughs> spaghetti and meatballs. Okay. All right. Uh, Kendra, would you rather have a third arm or a third leg? <laughs> okay, I'm a mother. Third arm. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. I thought that was an easy yeah, one. how fast I could get things Ooh, done. Ooh, a third Ooh, leg. Now that I think make about spaghetti. that. spaghetti. Ooh, stir the crock pot stuff. Ooh, pour the milk. That'd be awesome. See, I would think you arms. could drive a car and smack a kid in the back seat. That would be the easiest. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right. That's Q&A with K and F. Well, that's our show. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of Homeschooling in Real Life. We want to thank Cindy for calling in. Again, if you have a question for us, if there's something you want us to address, 
or if you just want to leave a comment for our podcast, you can go to our website and leave a voicemail on our website. You can tweet to us at Homeschool IRL. You can find us on Facebook at Homeschooling IRL. Or you can email us at info at homeschoolingirl.com. We are really glad you listened to our show. And as, as we've said before, we love doing this podcast. It's free and it's a great resource and a ministry for a lot of people out there. But we could use your help. Go to iTunes and rate us or leave a review for us. Our ranking goes up. We'll get into the ears of more homeschoolers. And it would really help us out. Thank you very much for listening. All right, what do we have coming up for our next episode? Well, Fletch, our next episode, we're going to be talking about whether or not we can be friends with our kids. Wow, that sounds like a provocative title. It is. So tune in next time for Can I Be Friends With My Kids? Homeschooling IRL podcast is a proud member of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Everything you heard on this show was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. You can find out more information about this show and other great homeschooling podcasts on the network by visiting ultimateradioshow.com or by visiting us on our website at homeschoolingirl.com.